Hello, and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency, all things homesteading, and about how we can reduce the gap between our consumption and our production. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. This is the first episode of season three, and welcome back, everyone. And I'm so, so sorry that it has been so long. It's been an incredibly busy period for me. I'm sure you're all used to hearing me say that for various reasons over the last few years. But things are a little bit different this time because the the reason I'm so busy is so different. But I am still finding time to do all of the things that I love around the, the topics that we discuss on this podcast and the things that you all love doing as well. I'm still finding time and I have found time throughout the whole period of the winter to be cooking from scratch, preserving fermenting all of those things not as much as I would have liked but I've still been doing it you know it's still at the center of our household and what we do so this is it I'm back now going forward I have to say I'm I don't know how frequently I'm going to be dropping episodes I'm not going to be dropping three episodes a week I'm just going to be recording when I get chance for the next few weeks and things hopefully will settle down after that and I can get back to a more regular schedule but until then I will just be releasing content as and when I can so I am back but I'm not back in exactly the same format that you have probably been used to particularly if you've been following me for a number of years but Back I am. So the first thing I want to say is just a huge thank you to you guys for your patience with me. You are incredible. I've got the best listeners in the world. I really, really do. Thank you everyone that has been supporting me for any period of time. But, uh, you know, I've been doing this a few years now along with the YouTube channel and just the level of support I receive is fantastic. I've received numerous emails and correspondence from lots of you and I really appreciate that and I just want to say thank you thank you thank you very much for being in touch and I apologize to the few of you who I haven't been able to reply to so I am or I have always been a builder that's what I do that's my job that's how I pay the rent and in my outside of work time just like everybody else or just like a lot of people that's when I'm raising animals growing food fermenting uh, playing around with ideas in the kitchen homesteading learning new skills etc etc it's like a hobby that's just really really core to who I am and what I do and my family and how we live so it is a hobby but it's more a way of life you know it's just how we live And as a builder, I've spent the last few years while I'm basically or while I've been building this channel and the, uh, you know, the podcast and the YouTube channel, I've been working probably on average 40 hours a week, something like that. Not a huge, huge number of hours. 
And I've also had lots of time when I haven't had to work quite that much. There's been quite a few periods when I've only had to work three days a week for a little stretch and what have you. And of course, during lockdown, I had lots of time. And uh, I think it might have actually been during the lockdowns that I started doing the YouTube videos. I can't remember, though. I can't remember for sure. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is... At the moment, I've just switched my job. So I'm still a builder, but I've switched my job. I've gone from doing small jobs for people, just where you you would call me up and say, I'd like a garden wall or a patio built or a a little extension, and I'd come round and build it for you. I've gone from doing that to basically doing much, much larger jobs. Now, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds about what I'm doing for work here because I'm sure it's not of interest to many of you but I will just get you caught up on the broad strokes because I think it explains where I am we're definitely going to be talking about homesteading though before uh, before the end of this episode I promise but basically I have done in my past I've run owned a very large building company and one of the people that I did some work for in that guise is a developer and they would buy quite large properties and develop them and uh, the the last job I did for them probably eight years ago now maybe less was we converted an old school into five houses well this chap uh, he really likes me and he likes the way I work and during my sort of period of only working for myself doing small jobs he would contact me every year or 18 months and say look I've got a a project in your area are you interested and I'd always say no I'm not really moving in those circles at the moment I'm I'm just doing much smaller stuff and uh, he approached me uh, last year at some point and I basically thought look I'm gonna have to give him a price because otherwise he'll stop contacting me and you never know you know I I don't want him to think that it's never worth giving me a phone call so I, I threw a price out for this rather large job and Long story short is I I won the contract and so I've spent the last, we started in September and I've spent the time from then till now developing a large building and turning it into seven flats. That's all gone really, really well and in my head that was going to be the end of it and we're due to finish there in about four weeks but I've also taken on another project for the same chap which started about a month ago and it's actually twice the size it's a much bigger building we're turning it into 15 flats and that's just started so you know these are all really positive things insofar as my work and my you know, my economic position personally are a concern. They're all great things, but they are absolutely gobbling up my time. So it means I am getting, I've just started in the last couple of weeks getting whole days off at the weekend. I might not get a whole weekend off, but uh, I do tend to get at least one day off at the weekend now. And that's hopefully becoming more and more regular. And I want to move to the position so long story short, the, what what went wrong with my previous business is I tried to move to a position where I gave control to others to run it in my absence so that I could work three days a week. And I tried to do that too early. So I'm being very cautious this time, but I am starting to get people in place that are able to run the job in my absence a little bit because I've got two jobs going at the moment. So I need to be able to move between the two, but also just free up my time at the weekends so that it, it means I can even, hopefully enable myself to keep on top of all the paperwork during the week because there's so much to do if you've never been involved in a project 
of that kind of scale, then it, it can be really, really surprising. But there are uh, just to give you an example, in this past week, I've been measuring the future rooms in flats to work out what power radiators we need and then ordering or not necessarily ordering but lining up the radiators so that the plumbers know how far apart to put the radiator pipes when they come out the wall that's one of the things I've been doing I've also been organizing kitchen plans and kitchen prices from our kitchen supplier so that we know the layout so that the electrician can put them all in the right place and this is all on top of this is just some of the paperwork on top of the managing the actual construction work that's happening on the site, organising materials, paying for bills, all the accounting and everything that goes with it, health and safety paperwork. So it's just a tremendous amount of paperwork. And I'm probably getting, I've just realised how how this tangent started. I started by talking about correspondence and replying to people via email. So I'm probably getting approximately 50 emails a day that I need to deal with, you know, not spam. They're, they're things that I need to at least understand, if not action on or reply to. So there have been a few emails, I'm sure, that have fallen by the wayside. And if you've contacted me and I haven't replied, I can only apologise. But that doesn't mean I didn't read it and it doesn't mean I didn't appreciate it. I really did. So um, some of you guys have kept me up to date with what's going on on your homesteads and that's great and lots of you have just been really encouraging and telling me that uh, you know you're waiting patiently and I, I genuinely couldn't appreciate that anymore and a couple of you you know who you are have made it quite clear that I should feel comfortable releasing content even if I can't do it on the scale that I would like I really like being able to release multiple episodes a week and Maybe there's been a little bit of a barrier to me returning insofar as I didn't feel that I could do that. So I really appreciate those of you, and you know who you are, who have said, look, just do what you can. And we would like that. You know, we'd love that. You don't need to be operating at 100% on this. You can do what you can do, and, and we'll appreciate it. So that's what I'm doing. So that's where we are. That's why I am where I am. And that's what the future looks like, the, the short-term future. The long-term plans haven't changed. I still want to be doing this type of thing. When I say this type of thing, I mean homesteading. Homesteading skills and activities, teaching and practicing and sharing. I want to be doing that full-time. That's what I want to do. And this period of my life when I've taken on these really large projects are, in my in my head, they're just a tool to help me achieve that. They're a tool to help me financially achieve that because, you know, what I'd love is to own my own visitor centre, learning centre, that type of thing, and uh, have a, you know, huge permaculture plot and all these kind of things there where people can come and get their hands on and learn and experience. So that's the goal still, ultimately, that hasn't changed. Those of you who have been watching my YouTube channel will have already seen the plot that I've taken on from Sally Morgan, the author of Living on One Acre or Less. And if you haven't seen it and you just follow the podcast, you'll have hear, heard me talk about it. Well, I've been doing lots and lots of work on that. And I'm really, really happy with it. So we took it over and I won't lie, Sally had obviously fallen out of love with the plot, shall I say, a year or two beforehand. So a lot of it was overgrown with weeds. We're doing an awful lot of structural work. And when I say structural work, I'm talking about returning beds to being beds. So we're doing lots of installation of new no-dig beds, putting down new cardboard and compost. And when I say we, I'm talking about me and my wife. We've also, I've installed that massive 
fruit cage that I spoke to you some time ago about. Basically, I was uh, I was able to clear away an old fruit cage that was going to go into a skip somewhere, and uh, I've taken that and set that up in the uh, at the polytunnel plot next to the polytunnel, and that's going to be my brassica cage. Got that set up and got some butterfly netting all around it. That's really good. I've still got to where the door opens. There's a, a, a crack where the door shuts. I'm not sure how I'm going to net that yet. What I might do is just put some netting that kind of flops down over the door so it's double netted that I just have to peel back and put up onto the roof every time I go in. It's a bit of a pain, but I can't think of an easier way of doing it. But uh, other than that, that's all done and ready to go. And when I say it's big, it's 20 metres long, I think, something like that and about two and a half three meters wide so a really really good size and uh, 20 meters seems a bit bit too big maybe it's not quite that long i'm trying to think now it's five bays no 10 meters long that's right 20 meters was for two sides of the netting yes yeah, so it's 10 meters long by about two and a half to three meters across so that's going to make a fantastic brassica cage the only thing to bear in mind when you're doing any kind of structural work like that where you're kind of designating a space for a crop is i will have to keep an eye out for club root which is basically a problem that you can get by not rotating your crops with brassicas but uh, there's been no evidence that that will be the case at this plot because sally's told me that she's been growing brassicas in the same part of the plot for quite a long time with no issues but it's just something to keep an eye on and of course if we do get those problems then we will rotate the brassicas out for a year or two or whatever we need to do and then bring them back into that cage that cage really is for brassicas i'm really delighted to have it it's going to work fantastically and i've learned myself just in the last year with the crops that we grew at our home here in our little home garden the difference it makes growing brassicas in a protected space like that versus open to the wild is just huge so i'm um, really happy to have that the polytunnel again was a little bit weedy a little bit overgrown we had to rip out all of last year's tomato plants and everything and that was more of a task than i expected because they were all intertwined with string that was attached to the frame etc etc we got all of those out and again we put cardboard down in there there are a few perennials in there so we've left a section that we haven't boarded but we've cardboarded the rest put compost on top and we're well i'm actually going there today i'm recording this on saturday and i'm going there today to plant loads and loads of seeds so our last frost date here is in two or three weeks but with the additional protection of the polytunnel i'm going to be planting most things today and i'm really excited really excited about that I've also built, built is quite a fancy word for what I've done, but I've also created a, a small seed bed inside because, again, I wanted to use that polytunnel as a way to give me that head start and get some seeds in. So we've got lots of carrot seedlings already coming up through, um, all sorts. I've planted all sorts in there. And by the end of the day, I will have planted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of seeds we'll have planted some brassicas we'll have planted tomatoes we'll have planted leeks we'll have planted carrots we'll have planted uh, courgette we'll have planted beetroot and and everything else you can think of we'll get all of those seeds in today some of them won't make it because it's a bit early but uh, i'm going to give myself a chance remember i always like to stretch that growing season even beyond what's 
normally considered practical. I'm happy to waste a few seeds trying to get that extra growing season extension at the start. So we'll be putting loads of seeds in today. We've also got, so outside, uh, the job that's still to do, I've got to weed the existing fruit cage, which has got lots of soft fruit in it. That's really overgrown, lots of brambles in there. I need to do that. Um, I've created a new raised bed. There's like a whole section of raised bed. I actually created three new raised beds down there. Um, I've planted my onions. I've planted, what else? Uh, Broad beans. They're all in. So, you know, things are going really, really well. Also, I've decided, you know, it's a decision that I've made. I'm going to plant potatoes in the pig field at least but that's where I'm growing my potatoes. Whether it's going to take up the whole pig field, I'm not sure. So the, the pig field is a field it's about, I don't know, hundred two between 100 and 200 square metres, I suppose. And it's the field that we had two little pigs in last year. Or I say we, Sally had two pigs in last year. And there are three of these in succession side by side. So in the one that had pigs in last year, which is obviously going to have all of that manure and everything in there, the pigs have turned over the ground. So it's perfect for potatoes. And whatever space I've got left when I've planted all the potatoes I want, I'm probably going to grow sweet corn in it. And hopefully the plan is to get pigs in the adjacent little paddock this year. But we'll see. Um, I'm not... I'm not tying myself to anything at the moment I'm still very flexible with my goals for this year because I'm so busy at work I am definitely going to get some meat chickens because there's a few other people that rent spaces on the farm and we're kind of all going in together to get some meat birds so we're definitely going to do that this year and of course I'll do my own butchering and slaughtering and everything else and uh, really looking forward to that Uh, but whether or not we do pigs I'm not sure I, I think we will I think we will, but uh, we'll just see. We'll see how my time goes. Because obviously, as soon as you've got animals, it's a massive commitment. If you've got other people that you're sharing the workload with, then maybe you've only got to go and check on their food and water once or twice a week. If they're your animals, you need to be there at least once a day. So especially with pigs, I can't think of a... With chickens, if you've got an enclosed run, there are chicken feeding and watering systems that you can implement that means you probably don't need to check on them every day necessarily Uh, with pigs I don't think that's the case so we'll just see how that goes Um, I've cleared all the weeds out of the asparagus bed we've got rhubarb popping up out the ground and I expect asparagus will be fairly close behind it in another month or so Uh, so it's just going really really well I'm really really happy I am hopeful that I'll be filming a video down there soon to get anyone who wants to actually see it caught up if they wanted to check out the YouTube channel but uh, again I'm being a bit relaxed with the pressure I'm putting on myself because the time it takes to edit videos properly for YouTube is significant so what I don't want to do is end up putting out a video that I'm not happy with so I'll only do it if I've got the time to do the editing so we'll just we'll have to wait and see on that but again just like the podcast the YouTube channel isn't going anywhere it's uh it's still my baby that I love very very much and it's just been on hiatus just as uh you know the podcast has been but anyway I'm back now so Uh, It's great to be talking to you all. Thank you so much for your patience and your love and your support. I couldn't appreciate you any more. Honestly, you are absolute legends. Right, that's it. I'm, uh, I'm off now down to the polytunnel and I'll speak to you guys really soon. Cheers. 
This episode of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast was brought to you by our patrons. You guys are awesome. If you'd like to support the show, there's lots of ways you can do it. The easiest of which is just to like and review it wherever you get our podcasts. You can also tell somebody about it, whether that's on social media or just face-to-face with a friend who you think might benefit from it. But however you support our podcast, we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron, please consider doing so by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, it's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Thank you ever so much for listening, and I'll speak to you really soon.